An excerpt from the Book of Promised Poems, written by Azar to Asinia. Poem 291. You said once that no tree should bloom past spring, no matter how lovely, no matter how fair. But why, I said, do you not love the blooms? I do, you replied. Among the blooms is where I found you, after all. And from our window I adore when they burst to life like lightning from clouds. But past spring they do not belong. Why? Because things are beautiful because they have harmony. Because they are and when they should be. A lullaby in a bedroom. Lovely. A lullaby whispered on the wind. Less so. Blooms belong in spring, just as the snows belong in winter. Welcome to Diceology, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling you stories in an anthology format. We're here for the role-playing and the rolling. I'm your host, Dane, and with me today is our other host, Natalie, and a very familiar voice, and I'm happy to introduce him to this uh, particular anthology. It's Will. (laughs) <laughs> mm, hello, it's me. I'm back. You're back. I'm so happy to be back. I, I was uh, toiling away in podcast purgatory, waiting to be called up into another <laughs> RPG <laughs> anthology world. Well, I'm really excited that you're back. Uh, honestly, um, it, it's gonna feel. It feels like forever for us, but the truth is, for for listeners. Uh, 11 jump gates will will end and then it's like only going to be like four weeks before uh, Will comes back which is shorter than the gap um, that Will is experiencing um, from the pod right now um, but this is a lot of this is a lot of what, how would Sam say it uh, a lot of inside baseball yeah um, yeah <laughs> but today we are going to be playing and let me see if I can get this whole name right do not let us die in the dark night of this cold winter um, which is a long title and a very upbeat one very optimistic very optimistic um, it's a game with a focus on helping an ill-fated frontier village survive a terrible winter season uh, participants collect and manage supplies in an effort to keep the village alive despite the bleak frightful conditions and it is uh, I'm, I'm going to be the, the game manager uh, tasked with playing the village elder and I am also, as the game just told me from like my glance at the at the at the book, I am tasked with setting the dour mood. And if anybody knows me, I don't need to be told. <laughs> I can do it. Um. I'm getting close <laughs> to our follow games from last anthology, where poor Will was just sitting there, like, "Why is this so dark?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the other thing Will is here for. He's here to brighten things. <laughs> um, so Natalie and I just don't live in wallow in sad town forever. But anyways, uh, the players uh, become adventurers, collecting and managing supplies while ensuring each villager receives what is needed most. The ultimate goal of Cold Winter is to keep the highest possible count of village folk alive as spring finally peaks from under the blanket of snow. So uh, each of you will be taking on an adventurer class, um, which it, this game is meant to... Uh, be able to be incorporated into like a typical D&D or dungeon world uh, uh, game. 
So all the, and in those games, most of the time, you know, you have, you're like a fighter or a barbarian or a wizard or a sorcerer. And they, they kind of boil all of those classes down into three for strength or brute force based characters. They count as fighters, arcane or faith based characters count as wizards and strength or stealth and agility based characters are to count as thieves. And each one is best at collecting a different resource uh, to keep the village alive each each uh, they, we need a different a different amount of each type of resource fuel to keep them their fires lit and warm food to keep them fed and medicine to help them feel better when they inevitably get sick because of the cold fighters are best at finding fuel thieves best at finding food and wizards best at finding medicine so this game is going to take place over a series of eight turns each turn representing a month of this endless winter basically so let's get into a little bit of of what you guys are going to be playing today will are wh- why don't you get why don't, why don't you start by introducing my character uh yeah let's just give a quick quick overview uh before we kind of just hop in and i think we'll just start playing after we do the introductions mm-hmm. uh and do mechanics as we go okay so um i mean currently the audience isn't aware necessarily of of all of our characters and the sort of mission we're on. Um, but my character is uh, sort of a, I guess you're a substitute for your average everyday person because uh, I'll be playing a thief class. And uh, my character's name is Soraya. So she is from the main island of our world. And she was just average person. Winter is setting in. She's hungry for food. Uh, she is going around doing what she does best. She's stealing a little bit here, thieving a little bit there, just trying to make ends meet and get by until she uh, has either, I don't know how you would look at it, good or bad fortune of uh, stowing away on a ship that she thought was stocked with rations and thought she'd found a pretty good haul until they shipped off and she was discovered on board. She was given the option of either joining the crew's mission to go all the way out to the western island of Sunder or uh, basically be put to trial or at worst, I don't know, thrown overboard. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was a choice, but not really a choice. And so she's in it for the long haul. She's going to ride out the winter with a bunch of people she doesn't even know or doesn't even know if she likes. Cool. Uh, what's uh, what? Could you say her name and spell it for me one time? Yeah, Soraya. So S O R A Y A. Like it. All right, Natalie. Okay, I want to double check before we con- make this name concrete. We haven't had a lark yet, have we? In this game, someone named Lark. God, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. No, I don't okay. think so. In in this world, I... Lark is like a John or a Bob. Yeah. It's a very common name. Yeah, there you go. No, yeah, I was like, wow, that sounds familiar. But um, okay, so uh, my character's name is Lark. Uh, they use they them pronouns. They so they've got like this kind of like messy like black unkempt hair um, shaved on the sides. Um, and then they've also got, uh, like their, the veins in their hands are black and it's because they kind of have a knack for, um, messing with darker magic. They are, they are the wizard class, so they're going to be dealing with the medicine. Um, and they're a newer member of the parish. Oh, and they're 22, by the way. Okay. And 
yeah and so they so the parish you know we've kind of established has like two separate orders right is that how you would say that dane like um, um i mean one they, they have two philosophies one for each human god yeah so so lark like strongly believes in asinia's philosophy and so they very much see like medicine and magic as an adventure and a risk to pursue and so they've taken a lot of risks like in their in their study of magic uh, and that's how they kind of gain status and um they they're really all about harnessing more dangerous magic to kind of twist it into something that really serves them and other people as like a healing property are they they've been granted magic by asinia yeah and then yeah. just delved into the darker stuff yeah and not all the darker stuff but i think they just they like a challenge they like an intellectual challenge um <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's not like they're they're not a evil character by any means it's kind of just like they um i don't know they're just they're a curious person <laughs> um and kind not of a spectacle one, I would say. Yeah, like not not afraid of that. And they, they've been able to kind of use it to their advantage and to, to the advantage of the people. Um, and so, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give a short backstory and uh, the hook. I don't know if I'll keep I'll keep it all in, but this is for this is for us. And then I'll set the scene and we'll get started. Does that sound does that sound good? Yeah. Are you, are you going to introduce uh, your sort of overall character to us um i think i'm just going to introduce her and treat her more as an npc gotcha because um, okay. i'm gonna i'm i'm taking on the 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 village elder and guide role of this game essentially a dungeon master a, a, a game master style role mm-hmm. um so here's the short backstory first there were four seasonal goddesses they were soon joined by the six gods of the beasts and some time after came humanity For ages, the beast children of the gods terrorized humankind, pushing them further and further back, until a brave woman and a kind man overthrew the daughter of the gods and became divine themselves. For hundreds of years, the two divines of humanity helped find a balance between divines, beasts, and humans. When the dust settled, humankind finally had a chance to grow and establish themselves. Then the whispers came, and the deep winter Humanity's divines left their people behind to help the other gods and goddesses hold the world together, leaving humanity to fend for themselves once again. The first deep winter has set in. Unwilling to let a single village fall to the cold, the chosen of the divine, better known as the parish, have begun putting together teams of mages from the order, warriors and explorers from the legionnaires, and wielders of divine magic from the parish itself to travel and serve villages in any capacity they need. The leader of this initiative is a follower of the hearth god Azar. Her name is Megara. Unwilling to sit on the sidelines and merely manage the other teams, she has taken another parish member by the name of Lark to the most remote village, Sunder. Along the way, she discovered a small... Well, tell me, how? what does Soraya look like? I'm imagining her small, but that might not be... Quite yeah, I mean, right. you, you think thief, you would, by extension, think small. Um, yeah, no, I, I would say she's sort of a, of a shorter stature. Um, she's got uh, really, she's got shortcut hair, sort of like in a, a messy sort of bob. And uh, 
she's she's white she's got um brown eyes and yeah i mean i think she's she looks sort of plain she looks like she would sort of blend in she wouldn't stick out too much gotcha so i think maybe three or four days into the sailing voyage it's you know it's bitter and cold and it's snowing out on the open ocean megara opens megara who is i should probably describe here um megara is tall and broad she has uh, dark brown hair that like goes in like waves down past her shoulders uh she has like leather and chainmail armor and a heavy mace at her and shield um at her hip and side and she wears uh, Azar's symbol of fire on a chain around her neck. And she opens the stores that they've brought with her, with, um, with her and um, Lark on this trip, uh, only to find the thief <laughs> hiding amongst the food. And after some discussion of um, options, consequences, choices uh, that Soraya could, could make, it's agreed that Soraya accompanies them. I think it takes another four or five days to cross the slate blue waters until Sunder's Island comes into view. It sticks out from the rest of the of the water, not because it's super, it's terribly tall, but because the snowfall um, sticks to the ground. It's a, a white mound. And from this distance, you can see no smoke. You can see no signs of the village or the light or life. The only other sign of approaching land is that chunks of ice in the water become more and more common. And I think Megara, who's leading this expedition, brings uh, Lark and Soraya um, to look out with her. And I, I think she sort of points um, to a bay and says, the village should be there. Soraya, this is your uh, your last chance. <laughs> last chance for what? To back out. Oh yeah, sure. No, I'll just get on a rowboat and I'll just uh, be on my way back to Azora's village. If you'd like, you're welcome to stay on the ship and not um, not come with us. As she's speaking, a uh, an actual rowboat is being loaded up with with supplies. The the large ship can't make it all the way in with all the ice. And it's like being like prepared to be to be lowered for um, Lark, Lark and Megara. And she's like, you'll be coming with us this way or you can stay here and head back. And uh, the captain will be certain to um, make sure I stand trial. Mm -hmm. So if I stay and I ride out whatever this missionary quest, whatever it is you're doing, um, you'll give me a pardon. Full pardon. Position in the parish if you want it. Okay, yeah, let's... Don't really have much of a choice. I think um, Soraya's wearing, like, a gray tunic with a sort of lavender cloak slash hood sort of thing. And she pulls it close around her, and we can we can all see our breath in the air. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, I, I don't have much of a choice. No, I suppose you don't. Uh, and, like, Megara, like, looks around and calls... Uh, Bring Soraya here a bow and heavy furs for us all. And with that, uh, the boat is lowered into the water. And I think Megara, being kind of like the most built of the three of you, uh, does the the majority of rowing until the, the boat kind of like scrapes against the ice and she she drags it to, to 
on the on the sort of this like ice shelf until you guys scrape into this like horrible sand mixed with snow beach and uh she like kind of flips the boat over um to cover the like the the supplies and rations that you guys brought so you know desperate sea animals and and birds won't get at it Mm -hmm. uh and she leads the way uh through the, the the snow and up over what were probably sand dunes but are now very solid they don't slip the you know the sand has been frozen together i feel like every now and then like a gust of just brutally cold wind will like whip up a little bit of sand and spray it on the side but that's about it Megre like kind of takes point um and she says the village is about 20 minutes inland if my maps are correct i suppose this is where the village is supposed to be on this rock do you think anyone's left if there is uh it's our job to make sure that they're well but yes lark uh there's supposed to be 200 or so villagers out here um, i haven't been personally uh, but over the last few years uh, explorers and we've made re- we've reconnected with them i didn't even know people live this far out they do and Soraya, are you aware of what's been happening? Uh, I mean, listen, I I live near the guild hall. Um, right? I mean, in Azar's village, is that where the parish is sort of based? Yeah, that's where the 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 main group of parish are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Soraya, uh, she lives on sort of the outskirts of that village. So she always sees people coming and going, and there's been a lot more meetings as of late. But uh, I've sort of, you know, it's all a little highbrow for me, especially when uh, I never really thought the parish looked much beyond Azar's village, let alone leagues across the sea. Megara nods, and like for a minute she's quiet, like she's trying to um, put together the words she wants to say, as if kind of like trying to formulate like, okay, this person isn't really on board, how do I, how do I convince them in a way? Mm-hmm. Um, for a second, there's just sort of the the crunch of of boots and snow, and then Megara kind of settles and she says, "The gods have left, and they meant for the parish to be independent, and they meant for us to grow to be helping the villages a little more slowly than this, but." They had to leave, and they are not here to help us. I didn't think we should abandon people. We are gifted, like Lark here. Gestures to like the staff and the. <clears throat> does does Lark have a staff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they they just they look like I don't know very. They look very, magic. They look magic in a very angsty way. Like they got kind very of black cloak going on. Yes, black cloak. They've got like a little pin with um Asinia's double bladed sword, like on their cloak. Um and yeah, like a gnarled black staff. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They're a little extra, I think. <laughs> and I think this whole time like Lark is just like has just been sizing up um Soraya like just kind of like staring at her intensely <laughs> like trying to 
try, trying to figure her out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think um, Soraya turns to Lark and to Megara and is like, as far as I'm concerned, sister, mother, Megara, whatever your order calls you. It's just Megara. <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned, my brother was born unable to walk. My father was thrown in jail. We barely have enough to eat. The gods abandoned us a long time ago. And I think if you really want to help this villa that you're going to, you better get used to the idea that there's not going to be any divine help. And I think with that, Soraya sort of shoulders her bow a little bit and trudges ahead of the group. I, th- I think Megara kind of like shrugs at Lark, like... That, that is the way it goes sometimes. Um. <laughs> I think, yeah, Lark looks noticeably peeved. Um, and um, I, th- I feel like it's just, it's just this glance of like, I feel like there aren't like, there don't need to be any words spoken between Megara and Lark, but Megara can tell like Lark is going to be, hellbent on proving her wrong like Soraya wrong because <laughs> Lark is like very devout to Asinia um and I'd imagine Megara's kind of like okay like t- yeah. take it easy <laughs> I like that that um that dichotomy a lot of like Lark they're very um devout they are sort of like really into the cause and then Soraya is very much a skeptic and then Megara is like a pragmatist. Like she understands both sides of it and tries to like, is the hybrid between the two. Right. And like Megara and Lark kind of, they, they're operating from different philosophies. Like Megara is all about Azar and Lark is all about Asinia. <laughs> so I'd imagine they kind of have different approaches. Yeah. Cause Asinia is the goddess of adventure and exploration and discovery. And Azar is the god of home and hearth, fire and healing. So, like, I, from Megara's perspective, you do need to prioritize, uh, like, the people over, like, like your own personal beliefs, in a sense. But eventually, in the distance, a couple of things come into view. The first thing are a couple of wisps of smoke. Um, and at that, I think Megara's, like, pace uh, quickens uh, at, like, a sign of potential life. And then it becomes clear that the three, the three of them are standing in the village almost by surprise. Like these drip, like there are these big snow drifts and it's suddenly clear that they've, they're covering collapsed homes and buildings or like hay carts or boats dragged to shore. And this was once a sizable village with a couple hundred people complete with like fishing and farming and a small hunting community. And you can see the, uh, the ruins of what were like attractive wood buildings that are all buried under snow or have been stripped for firewood. And only two buildings seem to stand with any like structure to them left. Um, in the center of town, the Baker's building and the longhouse are still standing as proudly as they can. And there's the some sounds of life, the sounds of crackling fires from inside the buildings. What do you guys do? I think Lark is kind of starts 
rooting around like through some of these collapsed buildings, um, like just kind of examining it further, uh, searching for like, I don't know. I don't even know if they know what they're searching for, but um, they just, they just want to see what happened. So I think they're just looking around a little bit. I think Lark quickly finds people that they didn't have time to bury. Hmm sundries things of of sentimental or non-essential value abandoned in in like these caved in roofs i think that they kind of go around um to uh, you said so there's bodies that like they don't have time to bury mm-hmm. um i think they kind of go around to as many of them as they can right now and like place a hand on each person's forehead and kind of like there's this little tra- it's nothing major it's nothing like huge but it's just this like a little transfer of magic um it's, it's kind of just it's a it's like it's almost like a blessing i guess um mm-hmm. like just kind of it's just maybe like a kind of a tradition that they do and kind of just a way to help people like rest easy you know um i think after the third one megara says lark you need to stop. Don't waste your strength on that. I have plenty of strength. And I think you're going to need all of it. What's, um, what's, uh, Soraya been up to? Well, I think Soraya is just as sort of bewildered at the, the rituals going on, the magic transfer and everything. Um, and she's sort of like taking a step back. Um, and that to watch it all, but as she's like stepping back, she like bumps into like a cart that was just left and it's just filled with like food that's all frostbitten and like molded over, gone bad. And just like looking around and there's like some clothing scattered around, like nothing's not only are things abandoned, but they haven't even had the time or energy to clean anything up either. Yeah. Um, I think Megara goes and bangs on both of the doors uh, to the to the the main buildings, the the longhouse and the and what probably was the baker's, and then she like steps back to kind of like this is in the center of what would have been the center of town. So she like bangs on both the doors and then steps back to the middle so that like if they can both come out and they can both see her, and and the, the two of you, I think it takes a long time for for people to answer. And out of the the baker's building, a um, a man with with uh, dark skin and like a, like a bald head, like wearing layers and layers of clothing, um, creaks the door open and sneaks out. And and a a, a woman with um, really tall, um, with a uh, with blonde hair, um, somewhere in her forties maybe steps out of the out of the longhouse um similarly wrapped in like layers and layers of clothing none of them are dressed as well as um uh even even soraya who you're dressed much better than these people mm-hmm. uh, you have like that the big furs and cloaks and stuff like the parish uh out- outfitted you when you agreed to to come along on this mm-hmm. these people look cobbled together and like the 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 woman and the man they kind of like look at each other they clearly know each other and look nervously at at the three people before them, and, and they step down, and I think Megara goes and like s- 
speaks with them like quietly like it's not like a big pronouncement you definitely both hear um her introducing herself and the two of you giving names um and a basic sort of uh, understanding of like what they're what you guys are doing here um basically you've sent been sent from the parish to come help in whatever like capacity is needed and they kind of like explain what's going on with them in hushed whispers for a few minutes uh and then Megara like nods furtively and like shoes them back inside like almost with like an like she may even say like wonderful we'll discuss you go back into your homes stay warm and Megara comes back to to Soraya and Lark and she's kind of like rubbing her hands together not because her hands are cold she's got big gloves on um like you guys both do but like she's sort of nervous or stressed in a way that might be a little concerning and she looks like she has that like same look on her face from before of like trying to put the words together first before she says anything um do either of you speak up before she manages that no (laughs) yeah i think uh i think i'm just sort of along for the ride right now fair megara then like kind of like it probably takes almost a minute for her to like kind of like gather everything all right first things first it seems that there are 10 villagers left you said 200 yes they all of their their older woman passed weeks ago the parish member we sent out here originally they died scavenging and they are as far as i understand they they can make it about the rest of the month if we bring all the supplies that we brought but there are children uh, there are injured i don't think that they can make the trek to the beach or even the row back to the ship i don't know if we could get them out okay Let's get to work. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to work. Let's flip that rowboat over. Let's sail right back to the ship and let's just uh, chalk up a nice report for the parish and say, sorry, not sorry. This is just the way of the world. I agree. Great idea, Megara. Megara, sorry. I'll be staying. I'm going to stay and get them through the winter. I'm asking you two to do the same. <laughs> Lark just immediately before Megara is even done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I Megara smiles and and nods, and then looks at Soraya. Uh, well, I don't know how to work a rowboat, so. God. Well, you know how to steal, so uh, get these people some food. You're not helpless. God, Divines, what have you got me into? <laughs> they they do have a point, you know, Soraya. I asked you to come along because I have a feeling you might be able to find the things that we will not. So, first things first. Lark, get a message back to the ship. Tell them we're not coming back. Not until spring. Soraya, you get all the supplies 
back into the into the into the storeroom it's right underneath the uh, uh the bakers there's a there's a cellar get all the supplies into there i'll set about breaking down the boat into burnable fuel on top of that um each of you i would they don't have an alderman so i'll be taking the position and responsibility for the storeroom in the entire village i need each of you to take over one of the buildings uh, decide among yourselves uh, which you'd like. And I think Megro just starts walking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, short and to the point. That's how we like to do things. Um, um, I can uh, take the bakers if I gotta put the supplies in there anyway. Okay. I'll take the longhouse. Okay, so for a little while... You all spend time moving supplies, getting the message message across. Um, Soraya, you you put all the all the food away, and uh, Megara said that you know they could make it a month if they got the supplies that you guys brought. What she really meant was the supplies we brought will brought last a month. There are no real supplies in the storehouse at this point. Mm-hmm. Only what you guys brought. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm bringing the stuff that we turned the boat over on the shore into the supply room, which is completely empty. Exactly, yeah. And you are you go inside the um, inside the inside the baker's house, um, which is it's a large house. Like clearly, whoever this person was was relatively speaking wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has a huge oven inside of it, and when you like just look inside because like you're now in charge of this house you see five people that are that are huddled around it um there's a little girl maybe seven or eight with like red hair and pale skin there's the uh the dark-skinned man with with uh, with the bald head um in his 30s uh and he's he's also there um a pair of uh, identical twins um with black hair and green eyes uh, young maybe uh only 18 or 19 and a um someone in there their 40s um so clearly a weaver and they are like frantically making more blankets as they go uh the 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 large man the the dark-skinned man he he comes over to you saraya um and offers his his big old hand to shake hi uh, i'm jora and little girls georgiana the twins are bramble and ozrin and that's quill there are weaver um soraya right yeah yeah nice to meet you um well this is it this is what we're we're working with oh uh and uh one of like the a pile of what you thought was furs stands mm-hmm. up in a corner and there's also a big old brown cow <laughs> um <laughs> that they keep in the house and jora says well um what do you need it's it's our parish member, they really kept us going um, last few weeks. It's good to have Moria here. Oh, I'm not, um, I, yeah, I'm not really up. Uh, you know what? Dude, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I got some supplies at the beach that I'll be um, bringing in and maybe that'll uh, give us a little hope and we can we can get going from there. Jora nods and he says, "Yeah, that's a that's good." And one of the um, one of the twins, um, like, just lets out like a like dry, 
laugh. Like she does not believe that what you said, even a little. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Lark, uh, they enter the, the, the longhouse, uh, which is the biggest building in town. It's, uh, it has this blue and purple stained glass in the windows, which has managed to survive the the winds and weight. Inside, around like a large fireplace in the back, there's there's a like a like a young young teen, like 13, 14 year old boy, and 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 his mother with dark skin, and she has like worry lines um, on her face. Uh, and the woman who came out and spoke with Megara, uh, Kenna, she's the blonde woman. She kind of does the same introduction that that Jora did with um, Soraya, uh, and she's like, "Okay, so that's that's Luca and his and his mom Mara. Uh, this is Lucinia." Points to uh, uh, a woman with dark dark eyes. Um, she's missing her her right arm, clearly a wound from from quite some time ago, um, and that's Vels. Points to to uh, a man um, who looks like he has like the build of like a smith. And he's like keeping a really close eye on the fire. And Kenneth says, uh, parish folk, uh, is what, uh, Megarosa and your, um, I'm Lark. Kenna. Uh, nice to meet you proper. Nice to meet you too. Megara said you were bringing supplies for a month and that the three of you would be taking point from here on out. Yes, I, I'll, I will be staying here. Um, with you, with you all in the longhouse. Um, I, I'm, I'm a healer. So, uh, if you have any, if you have any sick, injured, um, yeah. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. Okay. And I think after a few, a few hours, Megara comes back with the now chopped up boat, puts that in the storehouse as well and gathers the three of you back outside so that you can talk uh, seriously and openly uh, without stressing anybody out. <laughs> and she says, all right, how are we looking? Wait, so have I had the chance to put the supplies in? Yeah, definitely. This okay. is like a couple hours later. Like all, like all the work for the day has been done mm-hmm. and it's like maybe an hour before nightfall and like Megra is like checking in. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, what are we... What are we looking at? I mean, they're a hardy bunch. Um, there's a cow in the baker's house. Uh, some of them have hope. Jorah seem nice, but some of them seem pretty pessimistic. Mm. Oh, by the way, Lark, a goat is also in the longhouse. <laughs> just, Yay. just so you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. The, it's. I'm worried. The, the children, um, I don't, I don't know. I, they're strong. They've, they've got a good fire going in the longhouse, uh, but it's not going to last. Okay. All right. Then here's the plan. Every month we're going to go over the same. We're going to take it. We're going to take it the same way. All right. What do you mean? We re- we're going to plan everything out. We're going to ration supplies every month. The three of us, we're going to spend as much time as we can gathering. And we're just going to keep our heads down. All right. Okay, but we have very limited supplies. 
and we know that Sarai is a thief. Sarai, how can we trust you? Uh, oh. <laughs> I think even Megara is like thrown by that. Like, oh. <laughs> um. um, okay. Uh, well, ouch, Lark, first of all. Um, second of all, you can trust me because uh, I am one of... 13 people on this godforsaken island, and I also have a vested interest in not freezing or starving to death. So, um, let's, let's start on a basis that we are all in a deep, deep trouble. And, uh, I, for the most of my knowledge, am the only one of the three of us who actually has any experience of going without or, uh, barely scraping by. I mean, how do I know that Lark isn't going to be in this for them to uh, build some sort of reputation for themselves and really doesn't even see these people as human beings? <laughs> I already have a reputation, actually, so... <laughs> yeah, a reputation for being a jerk, Lark. And then I think Soraya, like, moves towards <laughs> them to kind of grab them a little bit. And Megara I think that to... Lark, like also moves towards uh-huh. I, I, I imagine Megara like puts her mace between the two of them. All right, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. It's gonna be a long winter. So let's not kill each other yet. I'm watching Lark. You. Lark started it, Megara. <laughs> <laughs> Megara just, like, takes a deep breath. (laughs) Lark, medicine is going to be your priority. And I know that also means keeping up your own personal strength so that you can use magic. Soraya, you're right. You're really good at scraping together things. I need you to keep an eye out for food. I'll do my best to keep an eye out and take down any burnables whenever... I have the chance, um, but there are things that are going to be need to done, need to be done in town that have been ignored for weeks, and catching up is going to be a chore. Uh, I got a chance to talk with a few of the villagers. There's a forest on the island uh, with animals, game, rivers with fish, uh, along with quite a few like um, in the past. There have been winter plants that grow year-round that are edible. Uh, So, if we do this right, everything's going to go well, okay? Just as long as we all work together and, like, looks at both of them, like, back and forth, like, three times. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, Lark just gives, like, a really, like, innocent, like, yeah, of course, like, yeah, that's what I want. (laughs) Kind of a look. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Sarai just sort of like mumbles under her breath like this is just... Yep, great, that's great. <laughs> <laughs>